Today's episode is brought to you by The Art Scene. Visit artscene.com.au. Welcome to Glazed Over, the podcast for watercolour enthusiasts. I'll take you behind the washers, the dry brush and the horizon lines to ignite your passion of all things watercolour. I'm your host, Tony White. Thank you for joining me. Now let's get stuck in. Hello, 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 and thank you and welcome to Glazed Over, this episode number seven, I think. Yeah. Uh, This uh, episode features a great artist from the United States named Albert Klein. Al Klein, he's a great fella, interesting chat, and he's uh, he's only been at it for a little while, but he's gone gone ahead in leaps and bounds. Unreal. just a bit of business I want to get to. Thank you very much for listening as usual. Um, please visit my website, tonywhitewatercolor.com. Um, it's slowly getting sort of updated and uh, I, I just don't have anything in the, the tutorial notices or anything like that yet because I just don't know. Nothing's set in stone yet. So, um, yeah, crazy times we're living in. Um, but, yeah, you can, if you go to that website, you can scri- subscribe to my YouTube channel, the podcast subscriptions, all that kind of stuff. You can get get into it all. Um, and this episode, as well as the other ones that have been uh, been and gone so far, was brought to you by the Art Scene in Sydney. Um, while their winter sale is officially over, if you go onto their website, do your shopping, put your order together, and use the promo code Tony Ten, so T O N Y one zero, you will get ten percent off your order. Um, that's Tony10 for 10% off your order with Art Scene. So make sure you get onto that and take advantage. Next week, we have the comparable, no, the incomparable. I can't speak properly, see? The uh, incomparable Alvaro Castaneda. I had a chat to him the other night and it was great. And uh, can't wait to share that with you. And uh, there's also one other piece I want to get to. If you go to Facebook, if you're on Facebook, Go to, uh, just do a search for a group. It's called Glazed Over the Watercolour Podcast. Um, if you go in there, you will see a group of, there's about 600 odd, odd of us at the moment. If you join that group, um, any tutorials or anything like that you're ever a part of, anything you want to chat about, whether it's the podcast or anything, go in there and uh, you can contact me there. But there's also, it's a great community for uh, for everyone Um wanting to talk all things watercolour and the podcast and the tutorials and all that stuff. It's really good. So if you could do that, that'd be tops. Um, look, there are audio issues here. <laughs> um, uh, Zoom was okay. Like the quality itself is not so, not so bad. Uh, Zoom just doing its thing, you know, usual thing, but uh, not too bad. Um, however, it just happened to be that I organised my chat with Al at a time when um, there was a whole bunch of lawn mowing and maintenance going on next door. So it's not too bad, but toward the end, you might hear a whippersnipper or something like that um, coming into uh, into play. <laughs> I think you can hear my, oh, jeez, um, you know, as it was going on. But no, I really appreciate you sticking through. So Al Klein, Albert Klein, he's a great fella. He is from South Texas. He is a surgeon. And I believe, from what I can gather, he works on like ankles and feet and all sorts of stuff. So 
he's not a he's a surgeon, but he's gone to the watercolor side of things. So yeah, I guess it uh, lets out his creativity. Um, no, great chat, fascinating fella. If you can uh, check out the show notes, I'll give all the links to Al's details. He's all over social media. He's got a great blog out there about his own journey. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, go to TonyWhiteWatercolor.com. The podcast show notes, all of Al's information will be there. Follow him. Check it, Check him out. Check out his progress. He's a, he's a good fella. Uh, thank you very much. But without further ado, here we go. And welcome, Al. Okay, today I'm chatting to Al Klein from Texas in the United States of America. Welcome, Al. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Nah, no problem whatsoever. It's a it's a great thing to 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 talk to fellow watercolorists and uh, you know just know yeah. that there are like minds out there. It's good. Yeah, yeah, love it. Now, um. How's the lockdown stuff been treating you over this last few months? Um, you've been painting more or less than ever? Well, I'm still painting as much as I used to. Uh, the lockdown hasn't really affected us that much down here in South Texas. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're getting a little bit of a resurgence now, but um, at the beginning, we had very few cases, and so I still was working. I, I'm still working in the office, so yep. uh, it hasn't really affected us that much. Yeah, cool. No, that's good. Yeah. It's um, similar here. Where I am in Australia is in Tasmania. So that's the little island down the bottom of Tassie, um, down the bottom of Australia, sorry, uh, yeah. that it, we've been contained for quite a while now. Uh, our borders have been shut. But, yeah, I've got workshops up on the mainland in September that flights are booked and everything's booked. So yeah. fingers crossed we can head up there. Well, worst case, I think we can travel, but I think we've got to quarantine for a couple of weeks if, when we get back. So Yeah, I think it's very similar here in the States. I mean, um, you know, the States have um, – some states are getting it a lot worse than others, and the mm. more populated areas, obviously, they've yeah. um, shut down a lot of things. Like, you know, it's – I mean, some places still have their restaurants closed and things like that. They're yeah. slowly trying to reopen. They reopened here in Texas – and then we just had a resurgence, so they're trying to kind of slow it down, but not you know close everything up like they've been doing. Yeah, that's right. Well, fingers crossed there'll be a vaccine coming our way shortly, or sooner rather than later, at least. And yeah, I, I keep hearing that. Hopefully, life can get back to some semblance of normality at some point. It'd be good. <laughs> It'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that your your painting journey so far i guess i mean as far as taking it seriously at least is pretty short i mean you started yeah. uh, taking it seriously back in just only 2017 um did yeah. you paint or draw as a kid yeah i started i started young in art you know i was i started very young and when i was six seven years old i was already drawing and um you know when i hit third grade i was painting i was doing a lot of artistic things and and luckily, I had teachers who really supported me. They saw that I had, you know, an, an artistic talent and I was, uh, you know, kind of encouraged in a way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's kind of how it started. I I did a lot of painting and drawing when I was in middle school and high school, even won a few contests when I was in, in high school. We had, right. we had, yeah, we had, you know, competitions for, uh, 
uh, book covers for Poetry Magazine. I, I won that in my senior year um, with the drawing, basically. So I did a lot mm -hmm. of uh, drawing and I took commercial art, which which helped a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I really I didn't um, continue my my uh, drawing or artwork. I kind of channeled my um, artistic uh, uh, ways in other ways, such as, um, uh, you know, in school and in, in uh, medicine. I got really interested in medicine. So I started um, kind of pursuing that and art kind of took us took a sideline. I mean, I always drew a little bit here and there, but just didn't do a lot. Uh, mm. once I hit uh, college, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't look at it as something I would do as a career. Um, I always felt like I had to do something that was going to make a little bit of money and, you know, get me, <laughs> get me to where I wouldn't struggle. And the reason I say that is because my whole family was artists. You know, I came from, yeah. I was born in Holland. My father, uh, was a musician and a singer in a, in a large band. And, and yeah. my grandfather was an artist. So, and, you know, they struggled and they struggled when they came here to the United States. We came here in the United States in 1967 and uh, and, you know, they struggled. They didn't want to see us struggle. So they were always pushing us to go to college and yeah. and, and to choose a career, you know. Yeah, fair enough. That's right. Totally yeah. understandable, I guess. Uh, you know, the whole starving artist, you know, cliche is. <laughs> well, it's I guess it's based in some kind of truth, you know. So uh, it's good to have something to fall back on. I don't have anything to fall back on. I could go and work in a sell a TV <laughs> or something, but no, it's all yeah. right. Um, I worked in a bank for ten years. That'll that'll be enough for me, I think. <laughs> so um, well, you know what's interesting? I think is no matter what you do, um, whatever you get into, um, if you're kind of an if you're artistically inclined, I don't think. Uh, it ever really goes away. It's, you know, you channel it in different ways. I yeah. channeled in doing surgery and being very meticulous in, in the way I did things. And, and it yeah. was, it was, you know, it was, a, it was, that was a journey in itself, I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember even working in, working in retail, I'd be the one putting my hand up to write all the tickets and all that just so I could have a pen in my hand. I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, that's all I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of surgery, I mean that's not a uh, it's not a common thing that you know surgeon artist a surgeon turned artist is not uh, I guess that's not a phrase that comes up on first page yeah. of Google um, right but uh, I've, met a few, I've met a few I've met a few artists slash uh, surgeons uh, yeah. actually we had one here who was who did sculpting and. So it's actually it's actually probably a lot more common than you than you realize. It's just yeah. that I think they uh, are closet artists, you know, closet sculptors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just don't put lot. themselves yeah. out there, you know. No, exactly. that's cool. Um, so with the obviously the the background in in medicine, uh, how long did you do that for? Obviously, a, a lot of a lot of years. If you well, you made it, yeah, I'm still. I started in. Uh, I went to med school in '88 and and finished in '92, and then did a two year residency uh, in in foot and ankle surgery. That was up at uh, John Peter Smith in Fort Worth near Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we came down here. My wife and I came down here. We had two children while I was in residency, and then we came down here and uh, started the practice here in in '94. So. Yeah, and I'm still actually working now. I'm working part time. Yeah. I just sold my practice, and mm -hmm. I'm uh, hoping I'm going to stay on another year uh, 
part-time and then hoping to retire either next year or the year after. Yeah, so, right. no, then, that's all right. And, you know, the whole art thing started uh, in 17 because I was really feeling like I needed to do, to do something, you know, when I, when I retired. And so I thought maybe this is something. And my daughter is a very accomplished uh, acrylic painter, and she was painting at the, at the breakfast table one morning. And I thought, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting started in this again and doing it mm. as a hobby. And that's kind of how it just yeah. all started, you know. Yeah, that's right. And watercolor gets its hooks in you, and uh, and the hobby quickly yeah. turns into an <laughs> obsession, which turns into you know materials all over the house. And yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you, before you know it, you're dreaming about it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and people have asked me why did you pick watercolor because apparently it's such a difficult medium, you know, for a lot of mm. a lot of people. And yeah. And I thought, well, it's a challenge. I'll, t- I'll, 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 uh, I'll do it as a challenge and really didn't know what I was getting myself into, you know, until mm. I started uh, reading and, and um, taking, taking the courses really helped. I approached, yeah. uh, I approached watercolor in a very similar way as I approach a lot of things. And um, when I first started the watercolor, I thought, well, I need to get some really good teachers, you know, to yeah. start out right. I didn't want to get started and you know, get into bad habits early. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my way was just to go ahead and pick out some really great teachers, and you know they're all over the internet, of course. But yeah. there were some some teachers that really came to the forefront, and so I booked you know booked classes, and I started taking uh, uh, their workshops within the first year. Yeah, excellent. No, it's good. Did you um, did you run into any sort of issues along the way with? in particular with the painting process that you you struggled with right at the start that might uh, yeah. make some other people feel like they're not alone with that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very difficult. I really didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. And, and of course, now I realize, you know, how important the drawing process is and the, and, and the composition, the composing, a, a, you know, a painting, all that. I didn't really see it that way when I first started. I thought I could just paint something. I could draw something and I could paint it. But, yeah, um, you know, I kind of had to relearn drawing all over again. I hadn't picked up a pencil in many, many years and hadn't drawn really anything. And mm. so I just I just started really focusing a lot on trying to draw. And I really went out and started painting plain air before I was ready. You know, I just mm. I just did a lot of this kind of as as, a, as an experience and. And um, when I first started, you know, the painting process, I messed up a lot of uh, drawings that I thought were pretty good. You know, I'd mess them up with watercolor. And so then I started and just lately, really within the last year or so, I've been my drawing has gotten much better and looser. And it's actually complementing my painting now rather than, you know, spending so much time on the painting and then watching it get destroyed by watercolor. Yeah, that's right. No, I think that's an important sort of lesson that everyone could learn is that while the accuracy is important, obviously, in the drawing process, um, you know, perspective-wise and all the proportions and all that kind of thing, all that's important, of course, but detail is not, you know, detail is where, you know, if you, the, the more detailed a drawing you have at the start, the I, in my experience, the yeah. less successful I agree. painting will be. You know, you don't, you're not giving the paint any room to do its thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, you know, in the beginning too, I should point out that I really didn't 
realize or know what kind of painter I was going to be. I think that's mm-hmm. something that you have to kind of decide on early. And so it takes you in the right direction because yeah. as you know, there are impressionistic water, watercolors is very detailed and realistic watercolors. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of different uh, ways to paint watercolor. It just depends on yeah. what style you want to paint it in. That's and right. I was, I was really pulled toward a more impressionistic um, uh, track. So I started, I started seeking out immediately uh, teachers that were uh, painting in impressionistic style, like like Vlad Yelislev and yep. and Ian Stewart, and you know so all these guys are are I would consider them more impressionists rather than uh, realism realistic painters. Yeah, you know, for sure, definitely. Yeah, and that's been the kind of art that I like. All I've liked all my you know my life really is the impressionism and you know, view it from a distance and all those those kinds of things. And and I think that style lends itself to watercolour particularly well. It really does, yeah. Just because of that's the what really, spontaneity. Yeah, that's what really uh, fascinates me the most about watercolour now is the more I can let it do its thing, the more impressionistic it gets and mm-hmm. and you can work it. And, you know, there's a lot of th- there's a lot of little things that you can do to to really enhance that impressionistic look. And that's what I'm, what I'm kind of after. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Let the viewer do some work rather than spelling it all out. You know, exactly. That's that's there's a skill in that. There's an absolute skill in just restraining yourself and and trusting the process as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. Um, who influences you painting wise? So oh, you've mentioned a couple of tutors that you've had in Ian Stewart and Vlad. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, like who do you look to now? As like who's your sort of pinnacle if there's one artist that is the pinnacle for you personally yeah um well it's hard to say you know i took from five different instructors over the last two years and i've taken a little bit from each one of them and i've taken things that really work for me and i'm you know my thing is is i'm trying to really develop my own style and i feel like i don't really want to try to paint like everybody else but Mm -hmm. I want to um, be unique in what I do, you know? And so that's my main interest right now is trying to find that voice. And I'm still searching yeah. for it. Yeah. I have, I have some uh, things that projects that I've been doing lately where I do these little sketches, you know, these animal sketches and things. And, and I'm trying to transfer that to my other type of painting, like doing uh, landscapes and doing my boat uh you know, my boat paintings and things. And I'm trying to keep that style consistent. And I find, I find that over the last year, I mean, my style has been developing and I think style you really can't teach. It's something that just develops, you know, from the things you pick up. And that's right. I think, yeah. And I think you just have to go with whatever works for you. And yeah. I mean, I would love to paint like Vlad. I would love to paint like Ian Stewart, like Herman Peckle, you know, but, but they really have their own style. They have their own yeah. voice, you know, they have their own way of doing things. Yeah. And I took workshops with all of them. And the more I tried to paint like them, the worse my paintings looked. So, <laughs> That's know, right so I, I find that the yeah. best thing for me is really just to stick with what works for me and what fascinates me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I paint, I paint primarily for my own enjoyment. So, you know, That's right. yeah. if, if I enjoy it and it's working for me, I feel like every, everyone else will enjoy it too. That's right. And that'll, that'll come out in your work and that um, uniqueness will come to the fore eventually. You know? But I think a lot of us get a bit impatient with that process and, mm-hmm. and think, um, 
think, why aren't I unique yet? You know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and um, it's just something that happens and, and it, it only happens with repetition and doing it. Right. And it, it happens slowly without you even realising. You, you know, I've only in the last couple of years I've had people saying, I saw your work and I knew it was yours before I even knew that it was yours. And I was like, oh, really? It's still, I still yeah. in my brain think that I'm, hen, you know, hen, you know, handpicking little bits of information from everybody. And I guess, I guess you are, but I think it translates into your own style eventually. And um, yeah, yeah a, I think it does feel. for sure. Yeah. And I think every, you know, no matter, no matter how much you try to paint like somebody else, your own, your own mannerisms and your own way of, of, of doing things are going to come out in your own yeah. style. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, definitely. Right. Yeah. I, um, just with students and things, um, I see, a lot of students from my side as a, as a tutor obsess over materials. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of put this question to, to everyone I'm, I've been interviewing with this so far because it, it fascinates me. Um, I sort of see it as a bit of a, bit of a, a procrastination tool almost for, for students to go, well, I can't do that because I don't have that exact colour or I don't have that exact brush or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's a separate hobby. You know, art, don't get me started on art supplies. I mean, I'm guilty as anybody, but um, what's the one thing in your, say you you went out painting or you've just, uh, you've run out of something. What is that thing that you couldn't live without? <laughs> well, you could answer that in many, many ways, but, hmm. uh, you know, paints, obviously you have to have the paints that you, that you like and feel like that work for you. Um, paper is important. Um, I've been experimenting with different papers and, uh, there's certain papers that I like certain ones that I don't like. So those are things that you just have to find by, by trying them out. But I guess if there was one thing I've been really concentrating more this year on trying to figure out ways to texture my watercolor. So, Mm -hmm. and I've always sprayed, you know, I've always used splatter as, as, as a way to get texture and, I do it in a way now where I, I lay down a lot of thick paint and I start mm-hmm. doing a little bit of lifting. I let it almost dry and then I spray it again and I pick up little areas to give it yeah. more and more texture. So I think in plein air painting in particular, when I'm out, I have to do things so fast. I'm always spraying. So yeah. I think this spray bottle is very important for me. If I plein air mm-hmm. paint, I couldn't, couldn't really do without that. No, that's right. It's uh it's one thing um, at home. I don't think I could, especially when I'm teaching. I I don't think I could live without a hairdryer <laughs> because <laughs> uh, you know you you're painting. You like you know we all sort of end up layering our our painting a lot, and uh, yeah, we had to wait for it to dry. You know, in real time. Jeez. Yeah, um, I think when you're when I'm, when you're doing videos and things, I just kind of started doing that now uh, because yep. of this COVID thing mm. and uh, trying to get some some mini workshops and things out to our watercolor society. Yep. And yeah, I mean, you have to have that hairdryer there, uh, you know, to speed things up when you're doing yeah. these Facebook live videos and things. Oh, yeah. for sure. For, for sure. Um, what are your, in the, in the art world, I mean, we, you know, we, it's all, it's a subjective, anything creative is subjective, I suppose, but um, it, there's a lot of snobbery in the art world. There's a lot of, you know, highbrowness for want of a better mm-hmm. word um and and with that comes a lot of you know pet peeves things that just get under our skin here and there 
just to move on a little bit from that, there's a couple of um, sort of funky questions here that I've got that I'll get, you know, just boop. They're not they're not quirky as such, but uh, you could um, answer them however you want, artistically or, or otherwise. But we'll get to those in a sec. But there's a there's one artistic one I want you to answer. Uh, okay. It goes sort of it kind of goes back to uh, sort of our conversation before about materials and students being obsessed. Um, I don't know. I mean, you as a student would have turned up to workshops. Excuse me and. There are people coming in, fellow students coming in with with big suitcases behind them, toolboxes full of everything, and they've got, you know, mm-hmm. five pallets with every imaginable colour squeezed out, just the tiniest little pinprick of a colour squeezed out in every one of them. <laughs> that they're not going to do anything with. But um, so they feel like if I've got all the colours, then I'll be right. Um this question is, if you had five, and there is no pick five, is that that's John Singer Sargent's had John Singer Sargent, who's probably the greatest watercolour to ever live in my view. Um, if you had five colours, um, what would they be? Mm-hmm. Only five. Oh, well, the, the three primaries for sure, yellow ochre, cobalt, and the lizard and crimson for sure. Yep. But I kind of like I've been using a lot of... Uh, like wash mixing it with some of my colors to lighten them yep. so i would probably always have white wash as one of mm-hmm. those and i've been using a lot of burnt quinacridone burnt orange so that's a favorite color of mine yeah I'm using more and more yeah it's a great color because i love to take that color and mix it with cobalt and get instant grays with it yeah, so right. instead of having to mix your three primaries you're mixing just mm-hmm. quinacridone burnt orange with cobalt blue and you're getting all sorts of grays because I think quinacridone burnt orange has, uh, you know, the red and the yellow already in it. So Yeah, right. That's right. Some of those blue and yellow mixtures like that, you know, the warm mm-hmm. and cool can just instantly give you a horrible yeah. green sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've just been recently uh, discovering grays. You know, I did when I first started painting, my paintings were very colorful because I didn't really use grays as to get some of my midtones and things. And now... I'm starting yeah. to explore that in my paintings and it's really adding to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's more dramatic and and, and that's, you know, I, th- I don't think, you know, has this, that's that whole are you a tonalist or are you a colorist thing? I just I just don't think there's any such thing as a colorist really. Uh, I think we all paint in tones. That's what we're after because how we, that's how we see things. That's why when an image is black and white, it's still an mm-hmm. image. Um so, yeah, colour is secondary. My philosophy is simple. I try to get it to look like a watercolour and look as good as it can get. You know, if I feel like I've accomplished that, then then I'm yep. very happy. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the go for sure. Um, so let's set the scene. You've had a hard day in theatre. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, uh, in theatre, you've, uh, I don't know, You've reattached an Achilles to someone, <laughs> I don't know, hopefully to its owner, um, and um, you come home. You, you find yourself alone. There's no family around. This is just you're just me. You go, cool, I've got some, some owl time to chill out and do whatever you like. However, you've got, a, you've got a dinner party that you've got to have. It just has to happen. It's the only opportunity you're ever going to get. And you've got five guests to choose from, artistic or otherwise. 
who is in your dinner party? Who's who are your five uh, five people on your wish list? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's <laughs> a, a, well. I mean, since I've had five instructors and they've you know influenced me in such a way, I probably get my five instructors as a dinner guest and put them all together. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> See what they yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because they all have their certain styles. Everybody has a certain style and, and yeah. it's always interesting to know how they got there. You know, a lot of them were, were, uh, were of course, architects and, you know, they're drawing and they're mm. draftsmanship is superb, you know. Yeah. But still the, there's still the, uh, the task of painting, you know, and everybody has, everybody has their unique ways they've, where they've gotten to where they've gotten, so. Mm. That I would like to. I would like to sit down with all of them and and go over that with them. You know. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's one of the things. That's like, yeah, you're right about the architect thing with, I guess, with watercolors in particular, because they probably do a lot of their renderings as architects in watercolor. I think it probably just. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I think happens that way. Many of them, many of them were, um, you know, that's their that's where their roots are. You know, is is mm. in, in drawing and. And uh, drafts draftsmanship, so yeah. it seems like it, it seems like a good progression. And some of them, when they were even doing the, uh, you know, architectural work, they had to do their works in watercolors. You know, yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it'd be it'd be a very tough thing. I think there are some some architects out there, architects slash watercolorists, that do a great job of um, having still being artistic, still being stylistic um if you know what i mean so just trying to think of a way to explain it so if you think of tom shaler for example mm-hmm. um tom shaler you can see his work he's an architect his drawings are great but his work looks like his work and he's using watercolor as watercolor he's not just coloring in so to speak and i think that would be a really hard thing as an architect to get to come to watercolor and not just color in not just be a glorified coloring book yeah. Well, I, I just did, you know, it's interesting. I just did a blog post on that um, about when is, you know, when, it, when is a drawing a painting or when is, you know, when is a painting a drawing? Yeah. Kind of so for me, um, when I started drawing better and I got to the point where I was kind of coloring in my drawings, you know, I, started, I did even some ink pen drawings, yep. just kind of, kind of colored them. And I got some really good results doing it. I got some nice results yeah. doing it. Yeah, I noticed. I did ask uh, Ian and Vlad to get their take on it, and they basically said that you know you can get to a point where the drawing becomes a little less important, and the, mm-hmm. the brush becomes more important, and they can get a yeah. lot of their a lot of their stylistic uh, you know information through their brush rather than through their drawings. Yeah, that's I think right. that's, I think we saw the same thing with Joseph in his very early work. He was doing a lot of coloring the drawings, you know, because he was mm-hmm. he was a draftsman, I think. And uh, yeah, you know, his later in his last ten, I would say fifteen years, his watercolor paintings are pure paint. You know, I mean, yeah, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's um, that's one thing that freaked me out when I f- I saw Alvaro's first book. Um, he used to, and to think of what Alvaro's work is like now, his work mm-hmm. used to be so tight and so meticulous and so 
just precise and just really strange how he's developed. And it's obviously been a conscious effort at some point to just go, no, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and, and mm-hmm. paint. And that's that's yeah, a beautiful I, thing. You know, when I took uh, I took Herman Peckle's workshop uh, last year up in at Bend, Oregon. Yep. And uh, you know, I learned so much from him. He was he was very much like um, like Joseph and the other painters, where they didn't rely so much on their drawing. His drawing was yeah. just a few lines, really. It was, all came yeah. down to the process. Yeah. And that's on the flip side, when I did Vlad's workshop, he really emphasized. Uh, drawing aspect in the beginning and getting perspective and then mm-hmm. uh, you know he actually sketches all of his uh, paintings before he does them you know he does a tunnel sketch yeah. and so yeah I learned very early on to do a lot of sketching first and I try to try to stick to that and I was really amazed when I Herman's workshop because his workshop so uh, as far as watching him paint I mean he yeah. you know most of his I would say 95% of his style is all and yeah, absolutely. Paint. So, and that fascinates me. I just hope I can get to that level someday. You know, <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, practice makes perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And um, mate, well, you've done a great job in well, three and a half, almost you know, three years or so of uh, concentrating on this. Your work is is. It's amazing. Really well done. Um, so you Thank should be congratulated on that. Um, and it's inspiring to see that it can be done. You know, it just takes that commitment and that uh, that passion, that interest, and that, the drive. It's not. Um, it's not some, you know, weird God given thing that's been bestowed on anybody. It's just immersing yourself in it and going for it. So it's uh, you should be congratulated on working hard for that. It's good. Thank you so much. It it does take a lot of, uh, I would say, if I had any one thing to, to say about uh, painting, it's it all comes down to, to drawing and just practice your drawing and keep yep. working on that. And then I think the compositional aspect of any painting, whether you're a watercolorist, oil painter, or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that's where the real winners come from is in your composition. Yep. So. And that's yeah, really artistic. I think that's that's where your artistic vision can come out. And if you have that, you know, if you're gifted in that way, then you can make some fantastic uh, uh, watercolors. I think some of the early work that I did, they were compositionally very good, and the painting was okay. But you know, the composition can carry a painting all the way. Yeah, absolutely. If it's attractive to look at, then that's and that's it. Whether it's whether or not you see. You know, you, you're getting blown away by specific brushstrokes or effects or whatever, that's fine. But if the initial thought to the viewer is, oh, that looks great, you know, from six feet away, then, you know, you've, you've done your job. It's really good. Now, one thing I would like to get from you, because of your unique perspective on um, being a relative newcomer to the world of watercolour, I suppose, is that someone in your own sort of predicament, maybe earlier on in the piece, you know, you're just starting out, um, you're getting, uh, obviously you, your drawing skills are one thing to absolutely work on forever, pretty much. Um, but as far as your painting and your commitment to things, what what would be the the one piece of advice or what, what do you wish you knew back then that you know now? Put it oh, that way. God. Yeah, there's 
there's probably a lot. I still have a lot to learn, obviously, and there's still more workshops that I want to do personally. Yeah. Um, I think in the beginning, the best thing to do is just go with, um, you know, go with whatever works for you, even though it may be bad in your eyes, it, it may start working out for you as long as you keep practicing it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think the drawing part, the compositional part, that's all something that can be developed. I think, um, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think uh, for some of the, some of the students that I've had the pleasure to teach in these, some, some of these mini workshops, um, you know, if I look back now, I would probably have focused more on what kind of painter that I want to be rather than uh, trying to copy somebody else's painting or, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say what would, why do, why do some painters become realistic watercolors? You know, I mean, there, there's something in their brain that, that works that way and something that appeals to them. So yeah. they go in that direction. I mean, have realistic painters become impressionists or abstract painters it's hardest to say how people develop their mind in that way yeah you know uh, if i had if i had known anything that i know now maybe it would be okay recognize that impressionism is something that you really want to go after it was something that i was very interested in I, and and i you know looked for those teachers in that area yeah if i was more of a realist i probably would have maybe gotten into oil painting and and looked into realist realism in oil paint that i don't know i just chose this path so this is uh this is what works for me right now it may change yeah, that's great. Know, you know yeah well, that's right it's an evolution i suppose i suppose we're we're ever uh ever evolving and that's the way it should be so it's uh there's no real way around that so it's uh um, yeah it's a good thing now I will put all of your information up in the show notes. Your website, albertkline.com. It's got your blog on it and your artwork and um, your blog's great. I was having a flip through yesterday and you've got some excellent things in there. And so it's well worth a a look. Um, I try to, every six months to a year, I really try to chronicle what I learned that year. And I'm, you know, I guess that's the part of me that's more analytic you know from my mm-hmm. medicine yeah. and you know i will add that take doing watercolor in an impressionistic way has been really kind of a uh, relaxing and releasing thing for me because there were so many years that you know in my work that i had to be meticulous and perfect in everything i do yeah and watercolor has released me from that that's right yeah i guess i guess thing. you I guess near enough is good enough is probably not a good philosophy for a surgeon. Yeah, you can't really, when you're doing foot surgery or ankle surgery, you know, it's not like, well. (laughs) Close enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. Uh, It fits. It's all right. It'll be fine. (laughs) But no, thanks very much for for joining us, Al. It's it's been great. And uh, and as I say, I'll put all your links up in the show notes. And uh, But everybody, search search Al out. He's a great fella and uh, a great artist as well. He's just doing some great things for a relative newcomer. I'm very jealous. So it's, uh, it's, it's good. He's put a lot of work into it. So well done, Al. Thank you for joining me, mate. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Oh, thanks so much, Al. That's great. Good, uh, good chatting to you, mate. I really appreciate your time and I, uh, I hope we can do it again. But thank you very much. Um, 
And thanks for listening, everybody. That's the show for the week. But once again, uh, please make sure you head to artscene.com.au and uh, use the promo code TONY10 at checkout, T-O-N-Y-1-0 at checkout, TONY10 for 10% off your order uh, for the month of August. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you listening. Uh, Head over to TonyWhiteWatercolor.com, click all the subscribe buttons and all that, and send me a message, say g'day, do whatever you need to do. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Review on iTunes, all that stuff too. Go everywhere. Reviews, five stars, 20 stars, I don't care. Just no one stars, please. Thank you very much. Keep that to yourself, all right? Yes, thank you. Um, but cheers. Thanks very much, guys. And I will talk to you next week with Alvaro Castanet. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. If you didn't like it, your silence is greatly appreciated. Thank you again and catch you next time.